You're about to watch an interview with the Member of Parliament, Brad Batten, who tried to take over the Liberal Party recently, and I thought I'd give a few thoughts on the interview before you have a watch. Very interesting uh, guy, because he's had a history long before politics as a police officer and as a bakery owner, of all things, but I found him overall to be uh, quite genuine, uh, but he, he seemed to believe in people more than other politicians do. In fact, I think he believes in the the electorate and in people more than they themselves believe in themselves. And that worries me because I'm not sure that he can win any kind of uh, election by talking to people like that. Sometimes I feel like politics has to go cheap, which is a, a big shame. And you have to kind of win cheaply like we've seen with the Labor Party in Victoria recently and in um, in Queensland with Anastasia Palaszczuk. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, I found it quite hard to keep up with him in some ways when he started to talk about uh, corruption and uh, some of the more political insider stuff. But I did what I promised I would always do is try to be helpful and try and get to the core of who people are, who is the person behind it. And I hope that seeing this guy talk for an hour and a half you'll at least be able to see a bit of who he is, how he thinks, and make a judgment for yourselves whether you trust him or not. Because the truth is, I think Michael O'Brien's not going to be there uh, to take the fight to the Labour Party in the next Victorian election. Most likely, it will be someone else. And my suspicion is it will be someone like Brad Batten. And I very much appreciated the fact that I could ask him why he challenged, how he challenged. I could say uh, things like Michael O'Brien mustn't have been happy with you. And rather than deflecting and making a political comment, uh, Brad Batten was um, was quite real and genuine. I'm very much looking forward to one day seeing my new homestead of Victoria having a more genuine leadership in the political ranks rather than what we have at the moment with Dan Andrews, which uh, maybe he's a great premier, but uh, well, some people believe that, but certainly he's not genuine. And I cannot see him for the life of me sitting down with anyone in a setting like this, even if it was Kerry O'Brien or someone big like that. That's just not something they do. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, and uh, I think he's one to watch. I think that leadership challenges come in too, don't they? Here in Victoria, we have a very, very popular Premier. His name is Daniel Andrews. And recently, the uh, one of the Liberal Party MPs decided to challenge the Liberal Party leaders to try and bring a bigger fight towards Dan Andrews. Because the truth is, every opinion poll looks like we absolutely love our Premier and the way he's handled Victoria throughout Corona COVID-19 crisis. That man who challenged the Liberal leadership was Brad Batten, who is with me today. Thank you for coming in. I'm very interested to hear about why you challenged Michael O'Brien for leadership and all that, but I don't think that question is a good question unless we have a context for who you are. So let's not start there. Let's first ask about who you are, why you're in politics, what you do, because I'm intrigued of your profile. I didn't, I hadn't heard about you before. Yeah, and it's like you came out of nowhere. And I think that's quite common in politics. Um, politics today is more about the leader. Um, than the leadership team, and I think that's changed over time. But who am I? And I'll go on to that later. But who am I? Um, I'm a local lad from Berwick. I'm born and bred Harkaway and Berwick. Um, very lucky, got great parents, so I can go through all my family history out there. Um, I can't give you the hard luck stories that some would want to bring up. Yeah. I was educated at Berwick College, left school early. Yeah. Uh, I went out and worked with Harry Hutchinson, who many will know. Harry's clothing, who defied the lockdown. Who defied yeah. the lockdown and... He's just a passionate guy. Um, yeah. He taught me a lot when I started in menswear at Panthers Men's Land before he 
opened his own business. So he must be really old. Because you're a he's kid. about 70s. Oh, right. Yeah, he okay. looks about 35, but yeah. he's about 70s. So yeah, he still he dresses right. like he's 25. He does. Um, so I went back. If I go back over time, I started off working at McDonald's and Harry's, the, the normal kids' jobs. Yeah. Um, and all, all I wanted to be was a police officer. So I went through Which a cycle. Did, yeah. I did eventually do. I went through a cycle. I worked in the prisons. I worked in um, real estate. Mm. I ended up getting into the police force when I was 25. And I worked in the police force for a period of about six years. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Well, not that much. You left. I left because of circumstances. Um, I loved the job. I loved the people. Yeah. But they were. I felt the direction of the Victoria Police at the time was heading a little bit incorrectly. This is Vic Pol, right? This is Vic Pol. So when was this that you left? Um, probably around about the time that we had a commissioner that wasn't hugely popular. Ashton. No, pre that. Um, who's, who's poor Ashton? So, I don't remember the name. No, Christine. I'm actually probably post Ashton. Christine Nixon. She came in after Ashton, and then yeah. it was the new guy after. Then it was Ken. We had Ken Lay, and we've had Jim there. But I was there with Christine Nixon. Okay. And I was a firm believer in when we work with young people. I started a program called Operation New Start, which takes kids who are entering the justice system, works them full time. Um, I was a big believer in putting kids in jail and locking them up and throwing away the keys. Not the answer to our problems anywhere. Um, in, in, sorry to interrupt. Sweden, it works in the Nordic countries because when they lock them up, they rehabilitate and re-educate. And so so the, you've actually described part of it. They rehabilitate them and what have you. So our system at the moment is we effectively lock them up and the education mm. system in there lets us down. Mm. So when we talk about rehabilitation, we talk about taking away your liberty. Mm. Whereas over in the Nordic countries, they actually talk about how do we educate them so they come out better. Mm. So we should have to adjust our system for that. So we've got a lot of work to do in what we want to do with youth justice. And that was what led me into politics. Um, because they weren't doing well in the police force with that. Because kids kept coming out and reoffending, And the police force was of the view of we had to keep arresting them and putting, locking them up. And there was no real work done when you were yeah. talking about how we could work with those young kids in the street. Great kids. Yeah. You know, and, and be bold. Be daring. There's some things you could do out there. Um, that you look around the world, but my target would be a key performance indicator is less kids in jail, not more. Okay. Um, and instead of using jails, use other educational systems within, and it can be secured, but use facilities that we can put to young people in to give them a better outcome. Okay. So we're back with under Nixon, whoever it was. That was um, they wanted to tackle the youth crime issue by just more locking up. There was a lot more. So Christine Nixon actually probably another way was a people saw her as a bit soft in the way she changed the police force. Right. And that was across the whole police force. Right. But dealing with young people, I'm not going to say it was just Christine Nixon, sure. it was actually a management who really believed that we had to go out there in, a, in almost like a, a force way right. to work with these young people. And I didn't support that as a whole. Um, yeah. And the evidence in itself in Victoria is that you, you've got to have some respect, yep. um, but we weren't building respect. So we were you expecting respect. Okay, and you would be familiar with the Community Advocacy Alliance with Commissioner Kel Glare and Ivan Ray and these sort of people? Yep, I've the, spoken to them plenty of times, yeah. Great, because they seem to be making inroads at the moment with Patton. Yep. You know, the kids, uh, Cops in Schools program is back. Yeah, so good move Blue Light. Like Blue they, Light Disco, They yeah. have pushed not just Blue Light Discos. Blue Light Discos was when I was a kid. Yeah. But they've still got the Blue Light Camps. They still, these guys still want to force through the fact that police should be working with young people, right. not against them, right. and building the respect and the levels of trust. And we've got a whole world of new Australians who are coming here, who are coming from different environments on the way police have dealt with mm. their families. We have to... And people say, you know, when they get here, oh, they should just abide by our rules and abide by our laws. It's pretty easy to say, but if you're coming from a country where the police are the enemy, mm. then we do have to... It's our responsibility then to build part of that respect. 
Okay, so before we move on to politics and why you left, what is your take on the current Vic Poll reaction with protests and so on? I think, look, some of the some of the video has been quite confronting, and that's a pretty obvious out there. I would generally back the police force uh, on most things they do. So, I, And I'm obviously speaking as an ex-copper. Yeah. Um, I've been in the situations. It's very difficult in a very short video grab to show what happens on the full scale of it. Victoria Police are there to deliver government policy. They're not okay. there to deliver their own policy. They're there to deliver government policy. Even so if a good police it. officer, even if they hate it, yeah. if a good police officer does their job, that is to protect the community, yeah. but it's based on the policies put there by government. So if people have got a complaint about the way it's dealt with, yeah. then that has to go back to the way the government has expected it to be dealt with. And that's where, you know, I don't want to get all the political on it, but Daniel Andrews and his team have to take responsibility on their reaction to how what what protests could and couldn't be. Well, they of course will distance and say it's an operational decision made in Vicpol, and you know they did that with the curfew and said it's a Vicpol thing, and but I, said no, it's not. I'd never say, but I think the Andrews government on occasion lie. <laughs> how do? And when they do, you look at the Black Lives Matter march. Mm where they were very public on the fact that no one should be fined. Mm -hmm. So the government was more than happy to comment then. And then all of a sudden, when it was something that was going to be against the government, oh, we're going to distance ourselves. Like, that's ridiculous. You can't pick and choose when you decide to make those comments. You set a policy. If the policy is during COVID, there is no protests, then the policy is there's no protests. Mm. Not with pick and choose. That's right. Invasion, they protest and so on. All right, let me ask you about your police experience then, because... You say you generally would back the police, right? Fair enough. But don't they have operational discretion to do things like kettling? Because I've seen a lot of image footage that they don't show on Sky and all that. People send it to me where the group will be quite well distant and there might only be 20 people in the group and then the cops will push, do the circle thing and then push them in and in and then say you're breaking distances, run in, grab one, do the whole arrest one by one. That to me looks like they, the police have aggressed. Yeah, or am I just uneducated here? No, no, it's not uneducated. As I said, a lot of it does come back to, and I said, you said you've seen footage, and I haven't seen that footage where it's done that. But what I will say is circumstances in a protest can get out of hand very, very quickly. And I think it's really important. Sometimes a decision, an operational decision, will be to make sure it is controlled. However, I'll go back to the reality is the government will make the decision on what they can and can't do as far as the protesting. So if they've come out and said, we want to send a pretty strong message that people who are protesting against COVID should be treated one way and people who are protesting with Black Lives Matter another, that'll reflect in the way that the frontline police do it. Frontline police don't go out of their way. Not one frontline police officer I know goes, I wonder if I can go out and get punched in my nose today. Right. And creating a situation that could be more violent is not how they operate. They want to try and reduce crime. They're trained. Everything is training about de-escalating, reducing the amount of impact. So I think to go back and blame the police is is the wrong answer because okay. it comes back to the policy and how it's dictated through their system. And I yeah. think overall, I think Patton's had some, we're going to say some wins recently. Yeah. But in the last 12 months to two years, and obviously Graham Ashton was there for most of that, mm. they were an apparatchee of government. I, I don't mm. I don't have as much faith in the management of the Victoria Police. I have a lot of faith in the on-the-ground police. Okay. I have less faith in the management of the police services, and I think that's reflected. And I hope Shane Patton delivers on what he's saying right at the moment. Don't Active we all? basics, yep. you know, getting back out and being with the community. Yep. Um, being a, they're a representative of community, mm. um, so therefore they're going to have some police that do the wrong thing, the mm. same as some of us between in this room, one of us has probably sped in a car today. 
didn't get caught. I haven't driven today. So it's probably me then. So <laughs> but I think it's really important that we're, they're a reflection of society. Mm. They're not going to be perfect. How appealing of you. But most there would be actually, they're there for the right reason and they, they want to de-escalate. So we can't afford to have a situation, which we've seen, and I get emails from it, you know, of a smaller group in the community who want to hate the police. Sure. You can't hate the police in Victoria. Trust me, I've seen police all around the world. You can't hate the police in Victoria. What do you mean by that? You've seen it around the world, you can't, you're saying we're not as bad? Oh, you got it. How many countries have you heard of with corruption in the police force? Oh, okay. Now, so, am so. I saying there's yeah. no corruption in any of our police sure. forces in Australia? No. Nowhere near the levels of other countries where you can actually effectively buy off. Mm. And I think we, we've got a fairly steady, stable police mm -hmm. force. So we've had our issues. Um, when you get pulled over by a police officer for speeding, mm. for drink driving, drug driving, it's generally not a violent arrest. It's generally a yes, conversation. And, and the evidence is in the shows they do put out. The like, RBT shows. Yeah, like yeah. that just couldn't happen in some parts of the world. Yeah, the We States. can. We yeah. can because we do. We do. As a whole, we want to trust. We want to trust our police. Yeah. I do. Some don't. Yeah. But the people that don't want to trust our police, they do want to. Okay. It is nice our police. Will. All right. So this this connection that you just drew between the political, um, the government's wishes through to how the police police a protest, how does that actually happen? Because it must be behind the scenes, right? Because what we see on the surface, Dan Andrews doesn't say to Shane Patton, "I want you to go soft on the Invasion Day protest, but hard on the Cup Day protest." So how do they? How does the message get across? Because you just suggested yeah, that yeah. a government. I, I, can... I would be confident to say, and obviously without getting myself sued, uh, I'm sure a minister would be speaking to the police behind the scenes about some of these things of the expectations of government. But that's a normal process of government. Yeah. So you've also got out there Daniel Andrews and um, Lisa Neville yeah. went out quite public yeah. on when the police lives matter. It was all over the media. What they said, then denied but they were saying about no one was going to get fined. We never said that. That's operational. Well, you did say it. It was on the record. Mm -hmm. So then that message that gets back to the police and the police instigate that through. Then when there was discussions around protests for COVID, whether it was anti-maskers, mm -hmm. whatever they want to mm -hmm. use the term of who was out there protesting, as soon as they go out and say that, then the government was like, no, you can't have protests and we will come down hard. Okay. We will make sure that there is a reaction effectively yeah. to that. That was the language they used. On a megaphone, broadly, publicly. Yeah, so they, got they, they say that. But, but what you were telling me, that there's both the public messaging like that and the private messaging. It would go in the background. The 100%. Okay. And, the, and look, they should have those conversations. Yeah. And and because liberals would do that as well. Say, look, this is what we'd like you to do yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but my, my concern is sometimes when you're talking the operational, yeah. it should be, should be, here's our policies. We do or we don't have protests. Yeah. You, operationally, now deal with that. Okay. We have a circumstance at the moment where I believe they're saying we do believe in you can have some protests because that's okay and not others. That message to the police force is bad enough. That's where it's difficult for them operationally. But I, don't, I, said, I have lost faith in some of the management of the Victoria Police. But who do they report to? Can't, they're not monkeys pressing buttons, right? Whatever Dan Andrews says, whatever the Minister Lisa Neville says. Can't, can't, they can, uh, Shane Patton can say, no, we're not going to kettle or whatever. Yeah, I don't believe though Lisa Neville sat there and said, go and kettle. Sure. But they would have said, we expect a reaction that's going to move the people on. And now, they, he you, could have said no. He could have said, no, we're going to be consistent, Minister. That, that's up to the Victoria Police. But let's... As I said, I, I don't have faith as much faith yeah. in the management the way they've been appointed over the last few years. What and would I, you do then? Hypothetically, if you were Premier, how would you fix that? Hypothetically, I'd say to them, we've got one policy. It's quite simple. So as far as uh, the hierarchy, I yeah. think, as I said, you've got, 
if we took over tomorrow, yeah. hypothetically, yeah. you've got the management that's there at the moment. The first thing you do is call a meeting with them and first of all say, we have to have a discussion around the policies. Yeah. Here's our policy and direction of government. Yeah. Now it's up to you to do it operationally. And if you're, if, if I was in a position, I would be giving them one message. Yeah. You can protest or you can't. Okay. At that time. Now, obviously, I'm a supporter. I believe people should be able to protest, freedom of speech, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if the decision was from government, you can't. Be consistent. Then it's everybody can't. Okay. So, so I just think it's consistency. Okay. All right. So this is interesting. You you were obviously you've seen you can't affect all the change you wanted to affect in the police force, and you've gone effectively to the people who control the police force, who, who instruct them. Government, you've gone into politics. I have. With I the have. plan to go how far? Because we're going to ask about why you want to be the leader of the party and stuff. Yeah. Did you? Is this all evolving as we go, or do, have you got this path laid out? You'd love. I mean, I'd love to be prime minister one day. Have, have you got that kind of ambition? No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> be the worst job in the world. Um, no, I didn't come in with the ambition of that. So I, I came in in two thousand. So two thousand seven, I first got involved in politics. Two thousand seven, I first got involved in politics. Oh. Two thousand and ten, I got elected. Right. Um, and a lot of things have happened in my area that have changed the way I operate too. So I said about youth and crime, yeah. one of the biggest issues through my electorate is, was, and still is, youth mental health. Like we had, we had 12, 13 suicides in a very short period of time. You're in South East Melbourne. I'm in South East Melbourne. So I, in general, Packenham through Berwick, particular schools. We had a few schools that had some high level of suicides. Does that include Dandenong? No, not when I was talking about these ones. I don't. You don't, co- you don't cover I don't Daniel. cover Danyong, but those areas uh, was where the high rate of suicide was, and we had to identify what it was. That's made me more passionate about the drive for change. Yeah. Do I know the answers to it all? I don't think any politician ever will. Yeah. But you can work and build the teams to do sure. to get the right answers out there. And I yeah. think, like, I, I, I would applaud the government for putting in a, a mental health um, Royal Commission. I applaud the that, government for that. What they just did, yeah. 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 What I don't applaud is the fact they're out there saying, we're going to fix the problem. I've seen the problems in mental health in our area. And without being too harsh on it, the Premier has been the Premier for six years and he was the Health Minister for four. And for the two decades our system's fallen over, he's effectively been in charge for one decade of it. Matt, do you think I'm smart? Not really. <laughs> Maybe I could be smarter if I learnt how to read. You don't know how to read? I don't know how to read. Can you teach me to read? I can't teach you how to read, but I can teach you how to be really, really fast in reading. I've been teaching speed reading to over 7,000 students over six years. Really? I know, I forgot that I've done this for ages. Anyway, check out the course in the description, uh, link in the description below on special for the People's Project viewers. It's a good way to support uh, Discernible. And these problems, uh, how much are they uh, endemic and systemic and how much are they from the recent lockdowns? So mental health and has been, it's a systemic problem. This is not new. This is something that's been going on since the community funding models changed. Now, we had the um, removal when Kennett was in. We went away from institutions, which I think was a positive. And most, I think you can go back and read all the research at the time. Okay. There was a positive in it, but you had to have funding in the community. Otherwise, you were just saying to people with mental health, sorry, stay home and stay in your bedroom. So Kennett, so I'm young and I'm from Sydney, so I'm a bit uneducated. Okay. Kennett comes in, he removes institutional responses to mental health problems yep. and defunds it, therefore. No, so he defund, he didn't, he changed the funding model yep. to a community-based model. Okay. Then we had a change of government in 99, yep. and then that when you started to see a reduction in what was happening within the mental health funding. Uh-huh. So it's two decades okay. of that now. Um, and I just think we have to start to focus on those. So... It was sort of off topic from where I was going, but that's yeah. what drives me now. I, I, I drive for change. Did I, came in, did I come in 
to politics to be anything other than a local member at first, no. Yeah. But you know what? It's like every job in the world. You get in and you're ambitious. Yeah. Like Yeah, we would be. Yeah. I would be. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you think you're better than you are. Yeah. And we, that happens. We all get that. And sometimes you get cut back down to size, which happens. And I think it's really important, though, that you can go back, sit back, have a think about it, see what you're doing right and wrong, and reassess mm. where you're at. And I, I've had a great opportunity to do that recently, where I can go back. I'm the local member of parliament. Mm. I've got no shadow ministerial portfolios at the moment. Why? What happened? I Brad? had to resign from those. Uh, <laughs> so and, that's the deal, right? If you challenge the boss, you yeah, got to resign. Yeah, and I, and I accept that. And yeah, I and yeah. I had a, I, I we'll go through that after. I had, I had spoke to Michael after that. I went in with eyes wide open. Yeah. Um, but it gives you an opportunity to reset and go back. And I look at my local community. I love where I live. Yeah. I love everything about yeah. what I've got out there. Um, and now I've got an opportunity to go back and reset that. Is it kind of rurally out there, like Lilydale? No, so, we um we've got the fastest growing. One of the fastest growing. We have about seven families a day move in. Oh. Recently, we haven't. Young families, kids, tradies, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, lots of trades, lots yeah. of trades. Um, so we've got the challenge, and a lot of new Australians coming in. Yeah. We've got the challenge That's out there nice at the moment. I've never heard it put that way. Sorry, new Australians. New Australians. Yeah. So well, not immigrants or not immigrants. They're coming yeah. in. They want to. They're, they're not moving here, so they can. Very inclusive. Yeah. If I go and speak to, particularly second generation now, you go and speak to some of the kids there, and you say to them, "How many times do you hear where you're from?" Yeah. And they turn around and go, Devil Hills. Yeah. And you yeah. go, I oh, know what I meant was, where are you from? From What they really mean is, why do you look different? Why is your skin color That's different? That's right. Whatever. Yeah. So, whereas the question is, you're a new Australian, yeah. what's, your, what's, your, what's your culture? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we, I have great arguments with some people out of my era. I hate the words acceptance and tolerance. I can't stand them. Why? Because I don't have to accept and tolerate, I have to respect. Right. And we go out there, we have to tolerate. People Hello. from the... I was at the Holi Festival the other day. What's that? Holi is uh, for part of the Hindu okay. faith, okay. and it's a festival of colour. If I wore my suit that I wore that day, it is covered oh, in pink. The, it goes everywhere. Yep. Diwali. Yep. It's a beautiful... So Diwali's festival of lights. Okay. Holi again, is festival of colour, and they use oh. cornstarch. Oh. Uh, some of it's scented, and that seems to stain a lot more. <laughs> so they throw it over you, you end up with a pink face, cool. different colours. It's a, it. it's a really beautiful event. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's a respect. I want to learn that culture. I want to understand that culture. I don't have to tolerate that culture. Mm. What's there to tolerate? Tolerate to me... That's a very I, good point. I tolerate the fact that my daughter steals you know, stuff from my fridge when she shouldn't. I tolerate it. Well, your daughter can't go to your fridge. Well, she's, take we won't go through the age thing. She might steal the cruiser. But <laughs> what I will say, though, is it, it's, it's not about tolerance. It's mm. actually about I respect it and I want to learn. And mm. that's how Harmony Day, I think, is fantastic in Harmony Week. That's when we should be able to come together. What is that? Harmony Week is where we have, effectively, the communities, uh, many different communities can come together and talk about um, some of the differences and similarities and find ways that they can work as one in achieving outcomes locally. Who, dro who drives Harmony Day? I'll be honest, I wouldn't be able to tell you where it started, but it's a multi-faith, multi-religion okay. um, background. Uh, in our area, I've got an Islamic school, yeah. I've got um, a Sikh temple, I've got a Hindu temple, I've got Catholic, Christian, like you can go through the whole range. Sure, sure. We had a group called Four Cs at one stage, four different churches that yeah. worked together to achieve the same outcome. Mm. What we find when you do things like Harmony Day is the Sikh community in our area love to feed people. They just love food, right? Yeah. And they love to feed people. Yeah. And they don't care. You could be turn up in your Mercedes AG sixty three 
mm. thumping car and they mm. wouldn't care. Mm -hmm. Or you can turn up with your bare feet and you've got nothing. Same. They will treat you exactly the same when you walk in that door. Um, the Gujarati community, the, which is another Indian community, Hindus, the Sri Lankans, the, the Catholics, they all actually have some outcome they want to achieve. Mm. When you put them all in one room, they turn around and go, hey, we've actually got something in common. That's amazing. How can we work together? Yeah. And it's amazing to see some of the changes. Okay. It's, and the, I'll be honest, the kids are the best at it because kids walk in with zero, amazing. zero expectations of what's going to happen. Mm. I've got two little girls, two and four, and it's amazing to me how... What, what's, the, what's the opposite of racist? They're just so yeah. pure and they're just how humans should be. I know it sounds you know, like a meme on Facebook. You're born to love... You learn to hate. Hey, and you're I full think of good lines. Yeah, here and I think it's really, really important. But yeah. I, I do laugh if you've got a two and a four year old because Why? they won't steal the stuff from the fridge yet. Not the cruisers. Yeah, I've got no. a seventeen and a four, a seventeen and fifteen year old. They'll so. steal cruisers from the fridge. <laughs> First of all, why have you got vodka cruisers in your fridge, Brad? Come on, they're girly drinks, right? No, <laughs> they're very accepted from anybody who would like them. I like. I'm them. a beer drinker and a red wine drinker. Oh. I brew my own beer, so I won't even go down that path. But I love beer. All right, so let's uh, let's go back to some politics here. You challenged Michael. So Michael O'Brien, I know I can't believe you think that everyone knows this. They don't. Most people are like, who's that? And that's a problem. Michael O'Brien is the leader of the Liberal Party. He's the one who's going to take the take the fight to Dan Andrews. But a lot of us don't think he will. Clearly, you have that opinion too, right? Not so much. I've got that opinion of what with Michael. I, I get along with Michael very well. Great guy. Uh, he's, and he's great question. He's a hard worker. I had a view at the time. Um, that we needed something that was different, that was something, I'm going to say, as a non-traditional Liberal, um, to put up there as a opposite to Daniel Andrews. So this is, I suppose, sometimes you get ahead of yourself sometimes. My view was and could be we could change the way we message ourselves because we're not all one class of Liberal. Liberal is so big. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually had a chat to uh, one of my, I won't say the name, but the former colleague who says to me, um, you should market yourself as a blue-collar liberal. You've been out right. there, you've done the work. Yeah, you're a copper and all I'm that. I'm a copper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I joke around because I don't know if you read the papers after. I wear brown shoes and there was this big thing about wearing brown shoes to a leadership spill. Not quite sure what it means yet. I don't I know. Just, what oh, okay. You've got brown shoes on, so don't ever do a spill. Um, I look at it and go, really, does that matter? Um, yeah. I've got tattoos. I, oh. I live and breathe sport. Um, As opposed to the perception of lips, which is the Frydenberg, Q type, Silver Spoon, Rich. Lawyer. And I might say, not, not always Silver Spoon, Rich, it, it, but that can be a perception out there. Of oh, it's how perception. People see yeah, it. Yeah, yep. yeah. And I think it's really it's a dangerous perception because even like those guys, Josh Frydenberg is amazing. Is he? Like, I, I was. Before, before Josh was pre-selected, yeah. he came out because a couple of people in my area were on his pre-selection. Right. He's got an amazing and remarkable history. He was the CEO, I'm pretty sure it was, of the Deutsche Bank. Like, he's, he's got you a see, knowledge what? within politics and the world that is amazing. Our risk is yeah. you've got people who haven't got that. So, so you're not talking about the Frydenbergs of this world? No. Who are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about the, the perception of what people in the party could see as... Silver as, Spoon. Of the Silver Spoon Liberals. And I... Of, and... Both parties at the moment, people who have never worked outside of politics. I see, I see. Like Dan Andrews, yeah. Dan Andrews is a good officer. Very thin, yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's added to that Premier, Minister, Opposition Leader, a Member of Parliament, but not one of those jobs that he's had, he's ever had to find money in his own pocket to pay mm. someone, 
He's never had a stress about where the paycheck's coming from mm. tomorrow. He's never been at risk of actually being fired. I, I just think that's, that's a risk in politics that we're for, facing at the moment. Yeah. I know what, and I said, I'm, I know what it's like. I had a bakery, had a small had business a for three years. I've had a few things. I had a bakery yeah. for after three years. After the cop shop? After the police, before oh. I got into politics. Oh. I know exactly what it's like to wake up on a Thursday morning and go, I actually can't afford mm. to pay my staff. Mm-hmm. And I've paid my suppliers, mm-hmm. but I can't afford to pay my staff. And you can't ring them and go, mm-hmm. hey, you know how you did that 40 hours? Just let it slide. Mm-hmm. You've got to go and ring your dad mm-hmm. or your friend Hustle. and say, can I borrow some money for a week or two? Because Easter's coming up and I'll get it back. Mm-hmm. So you had to plan for that. And I, until you experience it, it's difficult. I'm, yeah. I, I'm not sure how, what language I'm allowed to use in here, but I call myself a tight ass. Yeah. In my office, my staff laugh at it sometimes when I turn and go, what did you buy another pack of pens for? And they're like, we needed them. Why? Think about what you're spending. Do you need it? You are a tight ass. But I think we want tight asses to run the yeah, government. Yeah, but at the same time, it's about logics. Like, if I was running the fire services at the moment, I'll tell you, you'd save a lot of money. What's wrong with the fire services? We, ours is going to cost $950 million and there's 38 full-time stations here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. You go up to New South Wales where it's $750 million, mm-hmm. 100 full-time stations Whoa. and 230 oh. retainer stations. So effectively 330 stations. But this is normal because we've seen Dan Andrews has just doubled, tri- tripled the size of the public service in his six years he's been in or whatever, seven years. This is normal. This is what they do and we love it. Well, I suppose this, I'm going to say people do because they voted for it. But I think when people start to see, it's like he's a he's a populist at the moment. He's quite popular. That'll fall very quickly. Well, when it impacts, it? I think it will. I know it's going to lead to this, but I think it will because eventually people turn around and when you start to fall as a popular a populist, it falls very quickly. When all of a sudden people realise, where are we going to get extra teachers from? Mm. And they go, oh, the government. And the government go, oh, hold, on, hold on. We actually don't have any money. And, and this is what I try and talk about. When I talk about the political discussion, about mm. messaging, if I go into my community at the moment and say, hey, guess what? Daniel Andrews run up a $150 billion bill. Most, a lot, people go, okay. Of course. If I say to them, Daniel Andrews could have built another 150 rural children hospitals around the state. And that meant you never had to wait. Oh, now you're talking. I never had to wait. People would go, wow. Or if I say to them, are you aware, especially my, I know we're talking my total electorate yeah. here, yeah. if your child has a mental health, acute mental health issue yeah. and goes to Casey Hospital yeah. because of the mishandling of the funding, it's an eight hour wait. Whoa. Imagine sitting in an area as a person with mental health issues mm-hmm where there's others coming in with broken arms, legs, cuts, bruises, screaming, yelling, like all of those things that could trigger a person mm-hmm. further. But we go, that's all right, you can wait eight hours. Why? We haven't got yeah. the funding to fix that. So this is your play, what you were going to... What you were proposing to bring to the Liberal Party leadership was that blue collar, we're going to get stuff done, and this is because you have some people in the Liberal Party who don't have that real life experience. Is that what you're telling me? I think every party's got people who've got okay. it. Say, we have a bet, a lot better mix of people that have been party. out in the real community and worked in the real world. Okay. And when you did this challenge, uh, you would have had a few people backing you, not enough, but. Yep. Uh, yep. 
And do they fall along roughly the same lines as the blue collar type people have worked? No. Versus? No, there's a bit oh. of a mix. Oh, yeah, okay. without going into all the names, which sure, would be sure. unfair. Sure. It's, um, there's a bit of a mix. Mix, yeah. okay. And what, what went wrong? Were you surprised? I lost. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But why did you lose? Well, I mean, did you expect, was it just enough to rattle the cages? No, I think at one, one stage, did you think you'd look, win? at one stage, I felt like I had some momentum there. Yeah. Um, and obviously it wasn't meant to be on the day. So that's, as I said, that's life. The mm. first thing I did after that was I went and spoke to Michael. And I, I'm a person that's been brought up that way. I, res mm. I respect the position of opposition leader. The same as I respect the position of Premier. Um, you have to respect the title. Sure. So I went in and had a chat to him and explained to him that um, I won't go our whole conversation. Sure, that would sure. be unfair with him. I explained to him what my views were at the time. Would have been hard uh, for him to hear, though. Everything's hard to hear sometimes. So, but yeah. you know what? That doesn't hurt. Yeah. And Michael's got a great opportunity now. He, ha he honestly has a really good opportunity. And, I, and I, to be bold, to go out there and let the community know what the Liberals are all about. I'm not, and that's the thing. I just think we'd had a period of time where we hadn't got that messaging out. Now he's got the greatest opportunity. Media's spoken about us for a week and a half. Yeah. Um, now it's time to fill that void and say, what are we, who are we, and where are we going? But the original problems that the community has seen in Michael O'Brien and then some people like yourself have seen haven't completely gone away. So surely this is not the end of the tale. Because as much as he might be a nice guy and he has a great opportunity, the reality is, and we're about to go to opinion yeah. polls, he's probably not going to win against Dan Andrews. I, I, you probably can't even agree with that statement. No, but I can, say, no, but I can say to you, I three weeks before the 2010 election... I would have had more phone calls saying Ted Barley is not going to win an election. Okay. Here is no way in the world you can win with Ted Barley. Except I'm talking we about... Did, we, did, we did win that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about how you felt three weeks ago versus now and in the next year and a half. But my commitment's still to team. You know, I, I could be the captain of a football team and you put me in the back pocket and take away my titles. I'm going to work as hard. I've never been here to tear the party down. I'm going to build the party up. Sure, but if there is a better leader, whether whoever they do, I don't care if it's Matthew Guy or you or whatever, yeah. then we should be advocating for that. And you should be doing that behind the scenes, just trying to get the best leader up. Yep, but what, at the moment, my biggest issue is to go out there and rebuild our brand. Okay. And I will do everything I can... Which means Michael O'Brien, right? ...to make sure we build the brand. And Michael's the leader of the Liberal Party at the moment. Okay. I will work with him. And, he, and I think he'll respect it enough that I'll work with him. Yeah. Um, and I did before. We wanted, we want to make sure our messaging is out there. Mm. Last thing I want is WA. Now, mm. it was coincidental on that. It wasn't, we didn't fall over the line to do a leadership spill because of WA. Yeah. Would have helped. But WA, it's a totally different kettle of fish to what yeah. we're in now. Yeah. Are we at the bottom of where we could go? You're never at the bottom of where you can go. And as soon as someone thinks you are, you, then you're in real trouble because you can go a bit lower than that. Yeah. But are we in a position to go out there and rebrand and put some branding out there that we want? Mm. We can. And, and Scott Morrison's a prime example. I love the, you know, when they call him, what are they, um, Scott from marketing. Scotty from marketing. One. Scotty from marketing. Do you know what? He is good at marketing. Very good. Too good. So what's wrong with that? Because he, okay, are you asking me or do you just leave it at that? Well, you can go wherever you like well, with it. But I feel like he, his marketing covers up a little bit for his lack in policy area. I mean, we live in a federalism right here. You're supposed to have competition between the states and you're supposed to have a tension between federal and state. And yet during these lockdowns right now, Brisbane is shut down over what was four cases, which had gone to eight or something. Businesses are suffering. You, and we just talked yep. about businesses. And the best Scotty from marketing can do uh, is to just back when Dan Andrews does it, back Mark McGowan in the 
High Court case on Section 92 of the Constitution, back Anastasia Palaszczuk, wouldn't it be healthy for him to apply a bit of public pressure? As I, I, I said, following most of his discussions out there, he has actually come out and said he would much prefer it to be open. Now, I get you could say what he does there. My view, though, on that is the, the leader... We, in the Liberals, sell the leader as everything, whereas what we should be doing is building a team. So somewhere in the marketing has to be, who's our person to go out and talk about that? Because it doesn't have to be Scott Morrison. Scott Morrison has to maintain a relationship with the Premiers whether he likes them or not. Mm -hmm. And the same as the Premiers have to maintain some relationship with the other states, mm -hmm. whether they like them or not. Because I'm assured, I will assure you, not every Premier in our country likes each other. <laughs> That's just a given, isn't it? Palaszczuk, Berejiklian, right? yes. Yeah, so, but if they got into a room and had a discussion about what's in the best interest of their states, sure. they should be fighting for their states. Sure. And sometimes compromising. Mm. And I think... Sometimes if you're going to go out in media and talk about it, you just need to put a different person out. You can put a party message out. And, and I think we get trapped in this, it's got to be the one person. Both state and federal libs? Yeah. Do that? I, I, okay. Yes, very yeah. much state okay. and federal libs, I think so. Okay. You, you've got to build the team. I, I, if you go back when we had Brax, yeah. it was Brax, Brumby, Thwaites, Hulls. Like there was a team. Okay. Where's our teams? Okay. All right, can I ask you a question about Gladys? Sure, okay. With, um, what does she do? She, this has intrigued me. The way that she does, you know, I just showed you on Instagram how Brisbane locks down, so Dan Andrews says, shut. Of course, Mike McGowan came out just as you walked in the door and said, close the borders. Uh, and Gladys says at the same time, we're not going to close the borders. Now, a lot of us would say that's good, it's rational. Off camera, we're talking, she's handling it quite well. She, her state is mostly open. And most importantly, business is not afraid because you don't have this sudden snap lockdown. You know, a week before, Jeanette Young, Cho of uh, Queensland, was saying we're not gonna have snap lockdowns anymore. And then a week later, Palaszczuk comes out and says, this is a normal part of COVID norm. Yeah, I, it's actually interesting you say, like I have a lot of time for Gladys. I think what the way she's operating now, Every time you say that out in the community, there's going to be someone who doesn't like her, who turns around and goes, what about the Ruby Princess? And then I usually go, well, hold on, Ruby Princess, she admitted it, they worked hard, stopped it, and didn't close the state down for 190-odd days. Mm. That's a positive, isn't it? So How long we went for? 190 days? Oh, I was somewhere in that. Oh, I was 100, 100 but... Yeah, it was up there if you yeah. put it overall. So yeah. I actually look at what she's done up there as quite remarkable mm, and courageous is. because the risk is... Yes. Always. Imagine yes. if it had got out, then the whole world would be here. Or should the whole world, but in Australia, they'd be going, oh, you did this wrong. Yeah. She's a pretty courageous leader where she's actually turned around and said, you know what, we can, I should say have our cake and eat it too, but yeah. they actually turn around and go, we can control what we need to control when we need to control it and build confidence that if a company was coming to Australia, if I was a multinational company coming to Australia Sydney. now, I would only have one place to invest. I would. And that, that makes me sick because every multinational company coming over here, and no disrespect to any other state, mm. should be looking at Melbourne and Sydney. Mm -hmm. I, in Melbourne, why would they? They look at it and go, where's the faith and the confidence that you guys are going to do the right thing to support my business if I open it? I had the Deputy Lord Mayor in here last week, and Melbourne is basically like Chernobyl right now, unfortunately. Uh, very sad. Uh, but the thing that perplexes me about Gladys is she's very brave, yes, but what about the political risk? Because if you look at the way that these leaders are doing the fear-based, we'll look after you, we'll protect our own state at all costs. That was the message from Anastasia and Mark, and screw the other states, you know, saying that in a kind of way. 
Gladys is not doing that, but then she gets screwed over when she gets, you know, they won't pay the bill for the, the hotel quarantine thing. Uh, uh, she's not getting that same buy-in. Like she's not setting herself as this all-powerful uh, patriarchal, matriarchal figure who will look after you and don't worry, you'll be safe. So yes, she's doing good for our economy uh, and confidence and so on. But isn't she risking her political fortunes when it seems our entire country wants the Palaszczuk response, the Dan Andrews response? Uh, is she risking it? No, I don't believe she is. She's actually gone out there and said, Do you know what, the political risk isn't something that she's going to think about. She's going to think about what is the best outcomes for for New South Wales, which is keeping the businesses open and that impact across Australia. If we had a, if we had Gladys take over Victoria and New South Wales at the same time, yeah. and you think about which in reality the powerhouses of the economy of yeah, our country, Sydney, Melbourne, yeah. we would actually have a position now where we wouldn't have had the same circumstances we had yeah. probably with the hotel quarantine. But taking that out of it, the fact of closing down, locking down, we would actually have confidence in our entire economy and people would have the, the faith in that. But because she's standing alone, she's actually turned around and said, and I'm not, I'm not sitting in a room with her, but I honestly believe she sat there and gone, you know what, I don't, if you vote me out at an election because I did the right thing, I'll have to live with that. Do you think she will be, her political fortunes will be less as a result of the action she's taken? No, because I think she's come out of it very, very well. I think she's been doing the right things at the right time. Through skill, not through, luck. Through, I think, a lot of skill. I think the way they, they've just controlled their contact tracing system. Yeah. I don't know if you've... You said you're from Sydney. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you've been back to Sydney in no. the last few months. No. I've been over to Adelaide as well. And I actually went up to Queensland. I even Everywhere I go, you've got to press a scan on your phone, which QR we all know code. here, the QR yeah. codes, yeah. right? My QR code here, if I go to a pub in Melbourne, I yeah. can go to Mr Yum. Now, Mr yeah. Yum is great if I want to order a beer and a... Yeah. and a Palmer, yeah. why is my details going to Mr Yum as for the contact tracing? Instead of the government. So if something happens and the case comes in at three in the morning, whatever it is, the first thing all our contact tracers here have to do is go on, okay, well, where was Brad? He was at Mr. Imperial. Yeah. Where, where's the contact? We've got to go to Mr Yum. Yeah. Up in New South Wales, it all goes to New South... It doesn't matter where you are, New South Wales, yeah. service, service New South Wales. Okay. Same with South Australia. No wonder theirs is so much better. Okay. You walk into a restaurant and you've got it. Okay. So it's easier to follow up. She's built the trust in her system that therefore people go, when they say we're going to lock down one community, mm. the community goes, they're pretty much on control of this. Mm. If we have an outbreak here in Victoria again, mm. and we've got international guests arriving again from Next April, week. 8th, oh, April 8th, yeah. if we have people come in and one gets out... We're locked down again. You can, you can imagine it, can't you? Because we won't know what to do. Because I, I, I have no faith in our contact tracing. Yeah. Why? Well, because well, of my information is at 300 different places. The government clearly doesn't have faith either. Uh, all right, let's talk about this, what we just covered then. Uh, I said I want to show you some polls. Let's do it. This article is from the ABC from December. It says, despite 2020, Australians' trust in political leaders has surged. What was your view of politicians before you got into politics? Did you think they're all snouts in the trough type people? Uh, no, I probably didn't, wouldn't say snaps and troughs. I think I was, I was a worker. I was out in a bakery or as a copper. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't really involved in politics. I'll be honest, I didn't spend too much time thinking about them. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't have said they were snouts in the trough. Did Knowing the hours that, that some of them did, and I had some friends who were in, yeah. um, in politics, I, knowing the hours that did, I understood that it wasn't an easy role. Okay. And the public life of it. Like, I, as, as a copper, I could make mistakes and go home and no one cared. Yeah, not now. You can't do that when you're a 
And yet you, you still did, you still took the plunge. I still took the plunge. Did you? So before you got in, did you trust them? Because most of us don't trust you guys. I mean, I like you as a person, but I just know that as pol- we generally think you'll do what you have to do politically. Yeah, I'm politically biased, so I'd say I trust some. Yeah. But one thing I do, actually, I laugh about when I go out to my footy clubs, I will stand in a group and they'll forget, of course, I'm there. And yeah. they'll say, oh, I hate all politicians. Oh. And don't, don't trust them. <laughs> and you turn around and I'll go to them. Hey, hold on. And they'll go, oh, no, not you, Brad. Not you. And I'll answer them That's every time. Great. I'll go, do you know what? If I bring out most hmm. of politicians, hmm. don't go about the colour, most of politicians hmm. out here and you had a beer with them, most of them at the end of you go, oh, not you. So they're mostly all good when you get to know them. Most people are. They're, they're, most of them are in there for the right reasons. So what goes wrong? Why do we not trust them? Uh, Before we get into why we we do trust them now. Yeah, Patricia, uh, look, because you've got to go to elections promising, committing things, and people say you don't deliver them. Sometimes you don't have the information to make those decisions on what you've committed to, and it's a lot more difficult when you get there. So that could happen to you that or could happen any- to anyone. That doesn't matter who it is. That can happen to anyone. And then it doesn't. And then the probably the worst enemies are ourselves, with the super negativity uh-huh. on some of it. Which is why you're reluctant to just sit here and slam Dan. I'm reluctant to sit here and slam anyone, to be honest. But okay. I, I, look, I, do I, as I said before, I respect the position of Premier. Yeah. Always will. Yeah. Do I respect the person that's there? No. Okay. So I think there's a different, he is a different kettle of fish to what we've had of any colour Premier okay. in history. He's, he's his way or the highway. He is a lot more forceful. Um, some will use the word socialist and what have, whatever they want in it. I don't think he's, a, I honestly don't think he's a nice person. So if he goes tomorrow and it's uh, who, who's next in line? Lisa, well, it depends on the numbers, but Lisa Neville, James Molino, someone like that. I won't Jacinta Allen. Jacinta Allen is what I've heard. Anyway, yeah. let's say she's there. You're not going to suddenly just be opportunistic and say Jacinta Allen is the worst premier you've ever seen. You will maintain your the same as I maintained Andrews. before. There's been people in the past. I think, I think you know, Brax um, had some positives when he was a treasurer. I think Brumby, you know, over his time. Go the wrong way around. Brumby was yeah. okay as a treasurer, and 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 Brax delivered a, a message when he needed to deliver it, and I, they built the team. So, I think overall you can go back over history, and uh, you're not going to get. Wouldn't have thought you could, Kane and Kerner were obviously exceptionally bad because of what happened in our state when you went broke. But then you can come forward and go. People will say about Ted Bayou. Yep. There'll be a view in the future of Ted Bayou forever because he was there for a short term. Mm. Um, but the fear here, Brad, is that you guys will. I mean, I'm not saying you personally, but politicians will sell us one thing, which is Dan Andrews is terrible, the sky is falling, to get us to vote for you. Then once you're in, or once some, the next leader's in, you say, oh, no, he wasn't as bad as this new big scary demon, um, next lady. Uh, that's where I think that trust is missing. That messaging of politicians is so inconsistent throughout the, 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 the year or the years, and so we start to doubt your conviction at any point. In those years, and, and I think that, but that's a change. And this is this is my opinion. This is nothing other than my opinion. I think that's a change in politics where we've actually now we sort of praise the leader, or, or we put the leader up as the party. Mm. Like the issue, Daniel Andrews is very forceful, mm. very straightforward. He mm. he operates the way he does, which some have seen as leadership, and some will see as arrogance. Mm-hmm. That's their choice. I see it as arrogance. The way he's doing, I think there's possibly some leadership. It's gone to arrogance, but it's he's only delivering Labor Party policy. He doesn't have free reign through his cabinet. So if the next person comes in, it's still cabinet decisions that have to go through. So my issue in Victoria is a really bad Labor government. They had eight people who they miraculously put into this special cabinet. Mm-hmm. They are all responsible. Well, especially considering the way they do their decisions that nobody's responsible. Mm. They're all responsible for what happened in hotel quarantine. So if any other one came in, of course that stuck with them. 
But the way our politically, political marketing is now, people will know the leader. And we've said it before. I, I could ask any person in our state, what, who is the shadow minister for X, or the minister for X for that, mm. and they would not know. Mm. And I know the Herald Sun likes to do it every so often. They walk down the street with some photos and say, the Vox Pop. who's this, who's yeah. this? And everyone goes, no idea, no idea. And one person goes, that's the sports minister. Like, yeah. th that's all you get out of it. That's, that's a change in our almost going to that American yeah. presidential-style yeah. campaigns. When did that start, our, our oh. shift towards that? Oh, oh, look, I think it changed, probably changed really late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. I think Kennett was quite a dominant figure. Yeah. And then it went after that. I think Brax not so much. Yeah. Um, Ted, definitely not. Okay. But... I think the push really from there was a change then across the country, but I think ours really came in. The Andrews was a real push for it, yeah. Um, and I'm just, so it was Andrews versus then Napthine. So it was, and and I I like whether I get a chance in the future, but I'd love to say, you know, who are you? I'm Brad Batten. I'm the leader in the Liberal government, not a Batten government. Ah, oh, I see what you've done there. So you, but this is interesting. You're not going to co-opt this movement towards U.S. politics and just ride the wave. You're going to try and swing it back towards team. Well, it has to be because at the end of the day, I, I don't know the answers to everything. And you know what? Sometimes I'm going to make a mistake. We all do. So rather than make mistakes in the media, why wouldn't I turn around and go? And here's Matthew, part of my team. We want to know this. Okay, no, it's best person to ask. No, but we want to ask you. You're the leader. I understand you want to ask me, but the person who's going to give you the answers to this is X. We need to start getting through that. I don't get... Does Dan Andrews do that? He points to the Brett Sutton all the time. Only uh, I would say when it becomes negative. To deflect. Yeah, to okay. deflection rather than... Whereas I think you should actually have a team built up around you with that. You don't have to have your entire team. But you've got to have part of that team yeah. who's willing to come out and have that discussion with you. And sometimes when it turns just pure dirty negative, uh, I think you can walk away from it. Yeah, okay. Um, but as I said, and, and change the language, you know. Daniel Andrews, we, if I said in most of my area, yeah. um, Daniel Andrews stuffed up hotel quarantine. Yeah. They go, yep. Yeah, we know. But if I said to them, do you know what? If we're in government and the hotel quarantine system was under a Liberal government, we would have made sure we had ADF there because at the end of the day it was about protecting you. Yeah. And people go, yeah, Andrews stuffed it up and you had something to say positive. Yeah, okay. And that's a language thing. And that's... Some of the things I would I use locally, um, don't just say they're really bad. You can put in they're bad and we we can do it better because you have to have that. You seem like a good politician, even though you were never a politician. I hope to say I'm seen like it's a good that, bloke and I am a politician. No, you but, are, I do like you as a bloke. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny that because you've had a, a cop and then a baker, and but now you're very good at delivering a clear message and reframing the way I'm thinking about something we're talking yeah. about. That's very powerful. It's actually interesting. People learn... You can go to school and learn about communication. Yeah. Uh, I went to the police force. So you go and work in Paran. Talking people down. And I did work in Paran. And not talking people down, but learning different ways of communicating is the best thing I've ever done. I, I, I could be in the um, flats, Chapel Street flats, yeah. which is obviously all the commission homes through there, and you had a whatever crimes, violence... And a lot of the time, criminal versus criminal. Hmm. Then the next meeting I have is some high-rise or some high-end hmm. um, 
celebrity, whatever house who had mm -hmm. a painting stolen. Mm -hmm. um, or I could go to someone's house and their gnome was stolen. Their gnome. And all three of them, the most important thing to them at that time mm -hmm. is what's happened to them. And our messaging has to be about what's the most important thing to you. And the most important thing to people in Victoria is not Daniel Andrews stuffed it up. That mm. is part of it. Mm. But the message to them is how could it have been done different so I didn't have to get locked down. Mm -hmm. Now, we hope there's never going to be a, another COVID in our lifetime because they keep telling me it's once every 100 years. So balance of probability after to be 145 for it to happen again. Probably not going to happen in my life by that. But we also know the world's changing and there's a chance it will happen again. Mm -hmm. How are we going to handle it differently? You're scaring me. I don't think we're going to handle it differently. Unless there's a bunch of Gladyses who rise up. Can I take <laughs> us to this? Um, what is this about? This is state governments are perceived as better at managing the health risks. So this is that graph I showed you where from August uh, onwards, that's when the state and the, and the federal uh, diverged. Uh, and then some of these other things that the ABC found here were, for example, um, there's one in here about his Dan Andrews press conferences, the um, the watch time and the retention over that hour he was giving those press conferences. And we're seeing, uh, there's another couple I'll point out, because altogether they add up to a narrative. There's, there's another one here where they show um, popularity of the different premiers, uh, approval of pandemic performance over time. And it seems to be those states like Anastasia, Mark McGowan, uh, Dan Andrews to a lesser extent, uh, seem to have much higher ratings than uh, even Gladys. So overall, I'm kind of seeing a narrative here, which is a popular narrative we've heard about, uh, that Australians like the hard approach. The daddy, mummy and daddy approach is going to look after your approach. Yeah, there's probably some in that. Now in saying that though, and I, I don't have to win any Western Australian votes. Yeah. They're quite a parochial audience they're dealing with over yeah. there. It's a, it is a different clientele. Yeah. I think if you went and put a vote through Western Australia, a lot of them would love to put a chainsaw through and say, not just the rabbit fence, we want the full fence yeah. and yeah, we yeah. have our own country. So that so that's has there. played into that. Right. Now, and McGowan has done that very, very well. He is he he's a very, very, very clever politician the way he's worked over there. Yeah. Um, and he has done and sold the message, this is the best... I don't. I didn't go to Western Australia. One of my really good mates lives over there, and he goes, "Brad, do you know? Like, I had to wear my mask like three days. You know, like it was just so reduced." He said yeah. they were so separated from the rest of the world. Right. It was hard for anyone else to say anything other than it's been great. Now, the result of the election, I don't buy the fact. Though, like, I think it was going to be a one-way traffic. We all knew that. Yeah. I think the worst worst message was when the leader of the Liberal Party came out and said he's going to lose. Two weeks out. Yeah, you just don't say. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a footy fanatic. If I ever followed a team mm. and the captain said on the way out, uh, we're going to lose. Yeah, we're going to lose. Yeah. Not even half time, any time of the game. Yeah. We're going to go out there. We're going to go out there to lose. Mm. I'd say no worries at all. Well, you can have a membership back. Yeah. Now, I think that was a similar thing. You probably had a lot of their core vote mm -hmm. who turned around and said, fair income, like you want me to go out and hand out how to vote cards or help you out, and then you go and say that. I don't think that works. Mm -hmm. uh, but across the whole state, do people... Whole country. Yeah, sorry, across the whole country. I think people were... Um, but they still are. I think there was a fear factor. Um, it's still here, though, right? This is what's confused me, is that it comes early, hard and fast. I get it. But we're yeah. a year in, Brad. We are, but I think less people are enjoying the lockdowns now. They're seeing... I, My honest view, and I, I haven't got any statistical data on this, other than the fact, if a poll was done today, I think it would be different to December in the grounds that I think people now would go, 
Gladys has been doing it very, very well over that period of time when we've been in relative safety, mm. low numbers. People have genuinely been taken care of. Um, the hospitals have tended to be freed up back to some normality and they've seen what we can do mm. by remaining open. And I think, I've got family in Queensland. Mm. I haven't spoken to any of them and gone, what a wonderful idea that we're going to have a lockdown. Okay. They're seeing these reactions as very fast and an admission now in lack of trust and faith in your own systems. And I think that's where... I think so that you think it's turned? I think it's turning. It's turning. Turning. Yeah, it's turning. Will it, will it turn all the way and will embrace a Gladys style and then see a, a November 20... Was it 22? November 22? November 26, 2022. Yeah, we'll see uh, you guys come back in, provide you put up a good fight. Uh, or do you think uh, it'll it'll stall and we'll just get more of the same? No, no, I think... New Zealand I, seems to have embraced it as well, don't forget. New Zealand has. Uh, I think that we will start to see a swing back around, uh, depending on what happens with our economy here. I think the Andrews government as a, as a whole will come out and try and say, you know, um, yeah. blame everything on the feds. You know, you because it'll be bad. It'll be bad economy. For the it's next going year to be a bad. So, it's yeah, going to have some impact in the economy. We all sure, know that. Sure. When the job keeper and job seeker and all that changes, and Scott's fault. They, they will try and Josh's blame fault. Scott. Yeah, and yeah, and probably Josh. more so Josh, Josh. in Victoria. Yeah. Um, but we all, you know, I think people will start to see. Well, hold on. Why is why is South Australia's unemployment rate so good? Yeah. And ours isn't. And I know you said before, like you know, South Australia have that on everything perfect yeah. they may have probably all got harder on some things as well with their border lockdowns mm-hmm. but he's kept his economy going mm-hmm. now he's coming from a different base too because mm-hmm. his base was quite low from the previous governments in 16 years of labor mm-hmm. um and i think stephen marsh was doing a magnificent job mm-hmm. now as far as his rebuild of his economy and he's kept it going they'll see new south wales has kept it going Amazing. queensland's how any any person in Queensland can honestly look at the Premier at the moment and go, what a great idea, the first time we're going to have a chance for a sold-out tourism season, yeah. and you locked us down. It's only for 72 hours, right? Doesn't, were you going? Three days. No, actually. I'm Would you? cancelling a trip, and I have a colleague in Brisbane who's coming here who's going to cancel. Like, the impact is not three days. Because oh, Qantas will tell us every day how it impacts them on the longer term. Because yeah. the cancellations yeah. will be a lot longer than that. And if, there's, if they remain a red zone... I can't afford to get stuck up there. I've got kids. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Might be a good reason to get stuck up there sometimes. But <laughs> I, I just think people have to have that, the consideration yeah. of that. So that is no, no longer... It's not a three-day thing. Okay. It's a psychological thing. I've got star, one of my staff members looking to go to northern Queensland, right. so a holiday, right. Cairns, um, yeah, Palm Cove, Port Douglas, yeah. up there somewhere, is reconsidering it. Oh. It's nowhere near it. Okay. You know, but she made sure she paid her ticket so she had the refundable sure, option. Sure. But now she's like, oh, do you want to go? Do I want to take the risk? Kids okay. are at school. I've got one in year 12. What happens if we get stuck up there? What happens if yeah. we come down to 14? All these questions now in her head because everything is so rash. It's like... Uncertain. Like a turn Queensland orange. Like Daniel Andrews could come out tomorrow and say Queensland's orange. And if it's orange, you've now got all these 14 days and isolations yeah. and yeah, at home. Yeah, yeah. And what restrictions are going to come back when you come back here? Yeah. And I, don't, I think the less and less will take the risk and it's going to impact massively. Queensland's big because mm. the oh, expect people going up there they couldn't hire a car in more news the people's project is doing news without seriousness what if you want to see evidence of this crazy show watch the people's project 
7.30 on Fridays, the discernible network. Will premieres pivot as they recognise this? Anastasia and Dan Andrews in particular, do you think they'll calm down? Which proves it's not about the science, can I point out as well, because they seem to be making political decisions right now, like the curfew. Do you think they'll calm down in their lockdown approach? Because that's what I think Dan will do. I think the next lockdown we have will be milder. Yeah, look, I think they will. Where, where he, um, the big stuff up last time, and it came out through media, was around the, was it a political decision or et cetera to lock down the whole of Victoria? And it came down to, you know, we couldn't put the ring of, ring steel, of steel, right? Yeah. Whether it was cost, manpower, yep. there's a whole world of reasons you could blame. Yep. The one thing I said that nobody really raised, and it kind of frustrates me, why couldn't we just go out and say, and I'll use an example, Casey, because where I live, Casey, we're going to lock you down for 72 hours on these conditions. We want you to stay home, and da da da. Here's mm. all the restrictions. Mm. Okay. Mm. We're not putting a ring of steel around you. Do you know why? We trust you. Oh, you can't do this. This is not the perspective of a Labor and a Green government. Right. The perspective is be. you need to control. If you can't trust your own citizens, yeah. and I know, and you know what? We can't trust everyone to do everything. Otherwise, we'd never have speeding fines. Yeah. And yeah. We, we'd never have jails. Yeah. Right? So yeah. we know people are going to breach the rules. Some. But 90-something yeah, percent yeah. will actually stay home. Yeah, that's true. And they're not going to go and spread yeah. the, what is, what is it now, hyperact, hyper... I saw, whatever I saw an article saying the devil strain. Oh, it's We've gone to the... Ridiculous. And then I thought that was the end of the barrel, end, end of the tunnel, the devil strain. I saw another one saying a double strain. Oh, we're just, we've lost our minds. We, we had the UK virus that was so powerful, so strong, so mm -hmm. contagious. I think it was when they used hyper... hyper Hyperspeed. Yeah, it was a hyperspeed virus. Yeah. Yeah. And 21 days later, yeah. that bloke hadn't spread it to anyone. Yeah. And he was out in the community for a period of time. So I just, I get, I understand. Mm. COVID is real. Mm. Anyone tries to tell me it's not real, kidding yourself. I've got family in England. It's real. Mm. And the potential of it is extreme. Mm -hmm. But we don't have that here. Mm -hmm. We're a different climate, we're a different environment. We're a different people, mm -hmm. and we've controlled it well enough. Let's start putting trust back into people. Do, a Do the right thing. And, and a prime example: we had a guy who contacted my office. We spoke about him in Parliament. Yeah, he lives down in Lang Lang Langwari, somewhere down there. He went to Queensland, and he went through the Terminal Four when we had all the issues at Terminal Four. All oh, right, right, here in Melbourne. Yeah. In, yeah. So, of all places, in Melbourne. Yeah. He still hasn't been contacted by the contact tracer <laughs> oh, in really? Melbourne to this day, <laughs> and he signed in. Yeah. You know who contacted him? The Queensland government. Yeah. We and saw. said to him, we saw. you went through Terminal 4 and they've contacted me a few times. So he, believe it or not, without anyone mm. telling him, mm. rang up with six staff members mm -hmm. and said, you're all going into isolation and you're all getting a test. Wow. He rang his customer, who the only customer he'd worked with over the yeah. period of three days, yeah. who had six staff. Yeah. All of you are going into isolation right. and you're all getting a test and you have to remain in isolation until your test comes back negative. But he, he's a private business owner. He can't demand this. He can ask. Well, he can for his own stuff. He can put some... You're not coming into work. If you don't want to get your test, yeah. that's your call. Yeah. But I can't have you back for 14 days. Sure. But it's. But what I'm saying is the responsibility has fallen back to the community because yeah. they are responsible. Yeah, okay. People don't want the COVID to go rampant through Melbourne. Yeah. They don't want it. Yeah. So if we put the trust back into people... Tr <laughs> trust me, I'm a politician. They'll do the right thing. I, I I agree with you, but I just I feel like most people, half the government, the Labor Party, don't believe that. They don't. They don't believe. They don't trust us. 
There's a reason. They probably don't trust themselves. Oh, wow. Now you're going deep. So if you, you read that Jay Shetty book. <laughs> you have got that one in the Jay Shetty book. But no, they don't trust themselves. Daniel Andrews doesn't trust people to do their own thing. That's and, obvious. And, and control is a big thing for him. Hmm. We, we've seen that. See it through his party. We see it through how he operates. Jeez, look at some of the unions and how the control works in the unions. Mm. That's, that's a whole other philosophical argument. But at the moment, I just can't believe we can't go back out and trust our community. We trust them to put out fires and we don't pay volunteers. Mm. We trust them with you know, medical background. I remember reading a book once and probably a scary thought of how many times you put your hands, your life in someone else's hands every day. It's a lot, is it? Oh, it is. You bus think driving, about it. Yeah, yeah, bus, train, driving, um, taxi, uh, eating food. All of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like food. this. Now, why, why do you do it? It's because you trust the train driver, you trust the yes, bus driver, yeah, you trust yeah. the chef. We trust all these people in our lives, but then all of a sudden we've had this big impact and we've got a government that says, oh, don't trust anybody. All right, what about masks? Because that might be a good example for this trust thing. Because masks are interesting in Victoria. We're the only state to have them mandated for such a long period beyond elimination. Yep. And we're the only one to keep it so mandatory rather than asking people to wear a mask. And here's the kicker. I love your thoughts on this. I go to Doncaster Westfield down here the other day, the day after it's masks off. And I, and I was there like three days beforehand. It goes from 100% masks, and there might be two or three people who are not wearing masks, and there's more medical exemptions than that. But some people who talk to me on discernible, they have a medical exemption, but they're too afraid. They'd rather go through breathing difficulties because of the flack they get from the community. We go from that 100% mask wearing to the day of almost 0% yep. mask wearing. I might have seen three people in a busy Saturday yep. Doncaster Westfield. So what does that tell you? It's not about people are afraid of the virus. We know there's no virus in Victoria, right? We are just hyper compliant, waiting on the government to tell us what to do. And if they said masks on from tonight, Doncaster Westfield tomorrow would be all masked. So this, this notion you put forward just now of let's trust the people, one, the government doesn't trust us. We just talked about that. But second of all, the people don't necessarily want what you're selling or what I'm trying to sell too, that personal responsibility. They're outsourcing their decisions like with masks. I say outsourcing, but they tend to trust the government on that. And I think you have the stats there to say that they, the response from across the country is people yeah. tend to trust states to make decisions on the medical grounds and protect them. So I think a lot of people are buying into that. But I, 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 it'll get, it will get less if it continues and there's no real reason. That, I think, will change. Now, but it didn't just now. I just proved that because we were well beyond no... And we're still masking up. Well, I go, I go to Fountain Gate and I walked through Fountain Gate. It wasn't that long ago and... Maybe I was less observant because I was walking through with my daughters and probably concentrating on the credit card. <laughs> but how many people I walked along didn't have masks on or weren't wearing them properly? What's the percentage? Oh, not wearing it properly? Both, yeah. So not wearing them, 20%. That's high. Not wearing them properly, 80%. That's huge. And that's... This, I, is, I, again, this is opposite of Doncaster. Yeah, I just don't think... Where is Fountain Gate? Fountain Gate's Nary Warren. Oh, okay. The, the people walking through with them, you know... They're not covering yeah, their mouth or yeah. on their chin. They're not afraid of the virus. Yeah, they're complying. They're compli they, they, They're wearing it because they don't want a security guard yeah, yelling yeah, at them. Yeah, yeah. Not because they want to wear it. And I don't. I don't think. I'm for right, a long I'm time wrong. we've had that. We did have when when I walked through Fountain Gate at one stage, like everyone had them on super tight. Yeah, we're all afraid. And of that the was virus. when we had that outbreak that was through Hallam. I get it. And I then was like, do you know what? Like I'd always go out walking in the morning. I did the whole way through COVID. Every day I'd go for a walk, go for a coffee. Uh, 
buy extra coffees at the coffee shop. I wanted to try and spread some positive spirit while I was out there. And every day I'd go there, and of course I didn't wear a mask. What? Jill had to. Jill had to. Jill had to. And then you had to wear it when you're walking, and I wore a mask. And believe it or not, the first mask I ever wore was a rainbow. And then someone had to go at me about a political oh. statement, and I'm like, no, no, no. A six-year-old made it for me, oh, okay. and they really liked the rainbow. Yeah, yeah. So we went down and wore that down there, and uh, and the discussion then was people didn't like him then, but they got it. Yeah, because Casey yeah. was a hot like never got hot hot, but it was a hot yeah, spot. Yeah, so people were like, we're not really sure. America's really bad. England's getting worse, and we're getting it. We'll do it. Okay. Then, over the last. Uh, Four to five months, yeah. even when we had masks in the street at some periods of time, wouldn't have been 50%. Wow, okay. Because they just like, the amount of emails, Brad, like, there's a case in some western suburb states I've never heard of. Yeah. And we've locked down Casey in Cadinia. Yeah. You know, like there was a big argument about Mornington Peninsula. Why was Emerald locked down when that was our whole argument? And then the mask, why do we have to keep wearing masks? They're all they're all back in their homes. You're telling me that the 16 cases are all isolated. Yeah. Yet I have to all wear masks, you know. And I I didn't. So I'm I'm always stuck in this position because I I believe that there's when there's laws put in place you got to have some compliance. Um, and I don't want to see a world where we go and have anarchy and move against it. But you create things. you criminalize people like my wife and this little Swedish girl when you make laws so ridiculous like you, you you're tiling on your roof in the middle of um, Mildura and the only cases in flipping Casey and you've got to wear a mask on the roof and that's what's you are you are going to start creating an environment where people don't trust the decisions yes and if you that's do bad. that your risk then is if the UK virus came over here then you're and in trouble. it was. You know, every day going from one, seven, mm. twenty, fifty, mm. Mm. and then you turn and go. Everyone has to wear masks. You're going to have that percent of the population that didn't turn and go. I don't really care. You've stuffed. They'll them. get sick. Yeah, but you've you've. But you've lost time. the trust in it. Not that my wife roofs in Mildura, but yeah, but if she I did. <laughs> but it did come down there. You said Doncaster all complied. I think or, or, or I think I was in a bubble. Com- I think I'm in a bubble. But maybe they. This area must be. It might be, yeah. but it could be just different areas too. Um, yeah. Impacts on the areas. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, we're barreling towards November 2022. Yep. Uh, that's a fair way away. Before then, we have a SCOMO election, right? Yes. Which would be what, end of 21? They say that's, maybe. Yeah, of uh, end of 21 to I think mid 22. Mm-hmm. That's the, that, you know, the, here's mm. the embarrassing part. I don't follow politics enough to know what he's exactly we know he is. You don't follow <laughs> politics enough. Right. Uh, what's going to happen in, uh, in that election? What's going to happen in, in, how does that affect what you guys do in November 22? I guess you'll take lessons from oh, you'll, you, From every election you'll take lessons. Yeah. I, I, I look at the elections around the country when they're on and go, what are the things and the messaging and yeah. and what are the policies that tend to have buy-in versus don't? Right. Um, and I try and speak to a counterpart who's someone in um, similar thinking as myself to find out counterpart. some things. Counterpart? So, so, party. No, no, liberal, liberal in different states. Oh, I see what you mean. So yeah, one of my, yeah. I would have said colleagues, but they're not the same. They're yeah, in different sure, states. Sure. But like after the state election in in South Australia, we yeah. spoke to Stephen. Sure. Um, we try and keep that contact going because there's lessons to be learned. And I think this is one of the fundamental things in life. There's as many lessons to learn when you win because you don't win every vote. Mm. But I think a lot of parties go, we won. 
must have done everything right. Yeah. And I think that's a negative. Like um, Mark is in that position yeah. now. But also the risk... He, he, look, he's got a huge margin. Won everything. But, hold on. So did Queensland. As well, yeah. Newman, Newman had all but... Like when they used to joke about people fitting in a Durago van, they could up there. The problem yeah. over in... Um, Western Australia is they can actually fit in a Mazda 3 now. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you can have all the jokes about it, mm. but you can rebuild, mm. uh, and you've got to take the lessons from it. The biggest risk you ever have, and I think we've done this in the past, we've had federal politics interfere with state elections because of timing. Not so much the elections at the same time. They'll raise topics that or issues or have a leadership spill that doesn't help our state. That brand. won't happen this time. Right? There's a year. There should be a year gap. Yeah. But there was a year gap too last time, but then they oh. changed leaders at around about the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when all that happens, that impacts on the state. Right. Um, quite, can be quite dramatically. But you can't say we lost because of X. Mm. You can say that's part of the reason, mm. but we have to find the things we do right and wrong. Um, and I just think there we've got what's going to happen between the feds and that. We'll learn a lot of lessons of whatever happens from them. We will build our relationship with them, whoever's here, if within the Liberal Party, to say all we're asking is some clean air to get through the election. We don't want you guys having a waging war on mm. each other during that time or mm. thinking it's a good idea to talk about specific policies that are controversial at the time. Just give us the clean air. Um, and I think if we get the clean air, then you can get your messaging out there. And what can we do differently? Um, we just make sure we get out with the messaging of how how is a Liberal Party here for you not how is it here for our economy. Now, is is that um, based on... Because you just said that you want to take lessons for where the community's at, what policies are going to work. Your position of what you just said and of the idea of taking a blue-collar approach to it, uh, is that based on what you think the community wants right now? I think we've got a different voting um, blocks now. Growth has changed. Growth corridors um, are the largest um, voting block in the state. Um, our eastern seats are getting smaller, or should say geographically larger. So therefore, we're going to have less seats in the eastern suburbs. We've got a redistribution coming, so we're going to have three new seats in growth corridors, right. um, which potentially, whatever happens with the redistributions, that's going to impact. Yeah. We have to have that take that into our consideration, our psyche. when we. What does that mean, though? How, how does that mean you change your fight? No, because because our, our value we're very look. I'll be honest. We got Liberal Party's got some great values. We yeah. believe in the individual, yeah. smaller government, yeah. all those things. We all know them. Yeah. How do we get those messages out through the growth corridors? Because at the moment, the people out there don't know what our values are, and we have yeah. to word that differently. Now we've got a lot of, as I said before, new Australians yeah. who are aspirational yeah. people who uh, moved across here. You know, it's a big move. We yeah. all know it's big yeah. enough moved into state. They've moved yeah. across the country, across the lands, across yeah. the world. Yeah because they want the best outcomes for themselves and their children. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, if I speak to most of the Indian, Sri Lankan, Pakistan, it's actually about their children. Okay. What can, what's the best future for them? And that's the opposite you said earlier. That's the opposite of Dan Andrews right now. Yeah. Well, my view is, Daniel Andrews is a view of everybody should be equal. Yeah. I believe everyone should have equal opportunity. Yeah. So I actually turn to go, if you want to work hard yeah. and you want to set goals and achieve them, you should be rewarded. Right. And I think that's one thing we have out there. We've got so many of these young Australians who want so much mm. and they don't understand our party believes in you. And, I, and I've got it on my website. People say, what do you believe in? I believe in smaller governments, got a little ones about things, but the biggest thing I believe in is you. Mm -hmm. And that means 
each individual. I believe if you want to have a go of being the best you can, I'll back you 100%. And when you fall, I won't laugh, we'll find a way to keep you going towards your goal if you want to put the hard work in. But if you fall and say I'm a failure and I've got nothing left, then you've got to work your way back into it because you can't just be expect a government to give you continuous handouts when you've got no desire to make achieve more. And we've got a whole aspirational group of people that have moved here. They'll respond to that message. That should res- well, I believe we that I believe they'll respond to that message, and, and I, I think Labor's sold them a message when they get here of we'll look wrap after. our arms and yeah. look after you and yeah. give you what you want. Yes. Whereas that doesn't reward anybody. We actually want to turn around and go, we'll work with you to be the best you can. No restrictions. Will you maintain that once you you or your party gets in? Because this happens all the time. You get in, things change. Skomer right now is talking about gender quotas. There's no way he would have sold that pre-election. So didn't Michael O'Brien say he's open to gender quotas as well? No, no and I'm not going to... Um... I can't remember. His wording was around basically that it is a party decision. Oh, okay. So, so he, he hasn't he, come he, out either way yet. He hasn't come out all the way, and from what I read, he sort okay. of said that. Yeah, it's a discussion that can be had, but it's it's a party decision, and and our party is a fundamental believer in my again goes back to my reward for effort. If yeah, you're a hard worker, then why not? I know you say that, which I I love, but then when you get in, are you going to go um, labour light? I mean, why do why do liberal parties go labour light when they get in? First of all, I wouldn't want to be labour light. I think we need to change our topic. Sometimes we have things we get called labour light for, which is just ridiculous. Like when we talk about the environment, when we talk about energy, you know, oh, if, we, if you say you don't want coal, you're labour light. No, no, no. no. I, if I just say we don't want coal, that's ridiculous because it's just not an answer to anything. Not yet, no. But if I came out and said we want to have a discussion around, and I don't want to announce policy decisions sure. here, of course, oh. but if we want to talk, have a discussion around X for energy for the future... Yeah. And that could potentially mean a change in the way we deliver baseload energy in Victoria and it's better for the environment. Why not? Because my fundamental belief is if I've got someone out there who can give me better options and can keep the price maintained for the community and we Mm. can encourage the growth and it's better for the environment, then why wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really answer the question why why the Liberal Party seems to give in to Labor-type policies as time goes on. Tony Abbott did as well. They all do it. Yeah, I think there's sometimes... Or said, there'll be obviously... There's always going to be polling. There's always going to be things around there that adjust what you have said. Um, you asked me what I would do. Yeah. Um, I believe we sometimes need to have more of a fight. Now, sometimes that means... And when I say fight, it's actually just the political argument yeah. of saying... I believe in this because, and I think that's where we fall down. So you're not going like to give I, in to Twitter, I, I, is what you're saying? Because that seemed not that I hate the can I hate the um, cancel community or cancel culture, cancel culture, and yeah. get rid of stuff. Um, but I'll tell you one thing: if I had one thing in life that I could cancel, I'd get rid Twitter? of Twitter. I know, right? Um, <laughs> it's just a cesspool of disgrace. A lot of pollies take their cues off Twitter. I don't even hardly look at Twitter. Okay. I sometimes my staff will say something. I oh, did you see such and such said something yeah. quite disgusting about you, sure. and you go, no. So how do you get the pulse of the community? Go out and speak to them. You can't do it. You can, it's not enough people. Well, you can got, you've got polling. You've got other means to do it. You can use agencies, organisations. You can go what about, out and what do... Media? What media do you pay attention to? What media? Yeah. Uh, you, I, to be honest, I pay attention to all 7, 9, 10, ABC, Sky, but I also take into consideration there's probably biases in some. 
So you've got to have that in consideration. Herald Sun, Age, local media, depending where I'm going. What do you think um, of new media? Like what you're sitting on now? This, I think these are great. And bigger shows than this. Uh, look, Joe uh, Rogan type stuff. Yeah. I, I would I listen to I listen to a lot of podcasts sort of thing. Oh great, you're into the whole world. Yeah. I, I love the whole podcast thing. It's one of my favourite um There's a lot of people there. Yeah. One of my favourite podcasts is Leadership Without the Bull and then it's obviously Who does that? Yes. It's a guy over in America, a CEO, oh. and now I'm gonna have a mental blank, can't think of his name, who talks about leadership and he talks about um this is where my team aspect comes from too. Mm. If I'm a CEO of a company and I bring in I've got to bring in five people mm. And I bring in five people that compliment what I do. I failed as a CEO day one. Oh. I need five people who will contradict, who will be, have the ability to do things I can't do. Because when I bring them in to do all the same things I'm doing, then one of our positions is void day one. That's the yeah. one fundamental in politics right. that nobody does. Nobody does it. No. Where we turn around, we actually love to surround ourselves yeah. with people that all agree. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything better than having a meeting every morning and the first thing you get is, good morning, let's all have a good day, we all love each other after this, but, listen, Brad, mm. you know, Channel 7 said this last night mm -hmm. and you've got to listen to it because of this. Okay, let's have that discussion. That's dangerous though because you get people uh, trying to take your position as leader. How dare they? But how... How? Why? Why can't we have that discussion out there? I'll tell you now. Michael would not have appreciated the fact I took on the challenge for leadership. No one would, right? But I guarantee you, when he woke up the next day, he turned around and said, "I've got an opportunity now, and I've got to make the most of it." We can see. Do it. I like He's the fact better. what Brad did? No, but but it is what it is. And I he would have woken up and said, "I can't change it." He's strong enough to mm. know he can't change what happened yesterday, mm -hmm. but he can change what happens tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And after the meeting I had with him, he knows, Michael, I will back you to get the change we need um, and go, go forward. Now, let's see what happens in the future. But I believe he's, he has. There's been some positives come out of it. I agree. He has changed. But I and everyone watching is relying on you to serve us before you serve him. Uh, so if the 100%. day comes, you need to choose. Choose the community. If that means rolling Michael or whatever, do it. But that's what I was elected for. It's... It, it's a tough decision to make a decision mm. to spill. Um, but my, I can tell you, my first and foremost priority when I was elected was my local electorate. Mm. And it's quite interesting because you should always be there to fight for your electorate. Mm. That's, there's 88 people that should turn around and go, my entire priority is my electorate. Mm. But I'll go back to a Kenneth saying, and I don't know this for fact, but I do know people who was in his team who turned around and said... You had to ask yourself a question each day. Is this in the best interest of Victoria? And if it wasn't, then you shouldn't be thinking about it. You've said, got to be thinking about things that are in best interest of Victoria. What's going on with Kenneth coming back for the internal operations of the party? I'm going to say rumour. I'm not involved in it. Oh, okay. um, right. I think Jeff Kennett's got a lot to offer. Is that a Michael, Michael would know? And going, Michael may know. Okay. Uh, I don't, honestly, I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, but I think Jeff's got a lot to offer Victoria. He always has because he genuinely believes that he has a lot, a lot to offer. He, when he, as I said, when he wakes up, when he was at Hawthorne Football Club, yeah. let me guarantee you he would have woken up and said, is the decision I'm making today in the best interest of Hawthorne Football Club? Yeah. Yes or no? Is it going to offend someone on the way through? Probably. That's secondary. Yeah, okay. So would he help or hinder? He, he, he would help if he I think he'd help. I think he'd help. What about he, Peter Credlin? Help or hinder? Uh, first of all, I don't think she actually... Inter inter 
is interested in state politics. Um, and I don't know if she also gets the full state politic realm. Uh, I have I don't know her well She's enough. here, right? She's in Melbourne? She's in Melbourne, She's in Melbourne. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, my closest encounter was I walked past her once when I was doing Sky. So I don't know her on okay. a personal level. Uh, I think she'd That's have very a, presidential. Yeah, but I think she'd have a lot to offer yeah, politics. Yeah, but, but it takes us into that presidential realm. It's all about the person and the figurehead. It, it does, but she's yeah. also got a lot to... That's the Newman experiment yeah. up in yeah, yeah. New South, uh, Queensland. Yeah. It, it can work, yeah. but... It, and I said, I don't know Peter Quill at all, but her market at the moment is Sky. Yeah. And my electorate don't watch Sky. They don't. Well, what do they watch? They don't get Sky, unless you've got Foxtel. Yeah, I don't have Sky. Because out regional you get Sky. Yeah. But we all have 7, 9 and 10. That's what they watch. You know, and I just... You know, they listen to... They listen to... Well, AW's obviously the number one yeah. on the radio, but yeah. I can tell you more of my electorate would probably listen to Brendan Favola on Fox, because he's oh. a narry boy, oh. you know, and they'd love it. So they have more news from the FMs and the AMs, okay. uh, is my... As I said, I think... Okay, and there's there'll be numbers that have told me probably different. But when I walk down to the footy club, if I've been on SEN yeah. or Fox with a grab on the radio, I speak to 20 people who go, hey, heard you. Yeah, nice. When I'm on other channels, and I won't, AW channels, yeah. I don't have many come up and say, hey, that was oh. good. Other than or, people, or Sky. Other, other than people who have probably already voted for me. Oh, yeah. Um, Sky, same. Same. You know, yeah. and it's probably a bit more common in that. Now, Steve Price, yeah. I've got a lot of time for Steve Price. I think he's great, and he... Is he in Sydney or Melbourne now? I would have... Well, wherever he the... He travels. Yeah, wherever the um, project is. He's always on the project. Oh, I don't know where that is. I yeah. love his alternate... I don't, don't watch the project much, but I love his alternate voice on the project. He's been amazing on 2GB for like 30 years. Yeah. He's a great guy. So you've got people like him who are out there spreading that positive message. Yeah, why, why wouldn't you bring Steve in? Like, that's the kind of... All of a sudden, if we're going to look at a media person... Bring Steve into what? Well, you, you, I'm saying, if people want to bring oh, politics. in... politics. If people want to bring a media person into politics... You know I mean? There's, that's... They've got a a base already that they've got, which is something sometimes we might not have, that could be a positive. No media person would take the pay cut to join you guys in the parliament and take on all of the public hits that you guys take on. Must and be I the think worst job a, in the world. Yeah, and I think that's probably a change over the last more than decade. Yeah. I know um, Ken Smith, who was a MP for a long time, says the biggest change is emails for him. Now, I'd say that's now gone to the next level and it's social sure. media. Mm. And I've opened up my social media with messaging. Okay. And People can first, message you. Yeah, and so if someone goes, you're crazy, and I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> During the COVID, you would be amazed how many people message you, and not in my electorate. And we would try and identify if they were or weren't, and then mm. try and pass mm. them back mm. to their local members. Mm. But we would answer the questions for them as quick as we can, and people don't want war and peace. Mm. You know, hey, Brad, my friend runs a window washing business. Mm. Can they do this? Mm. No, due to this mm. link. That's great. Helpful. I would love it. that. I would love that. Not, you know, yeah, yeah. some things come into the MP's office and they've got to write a yeah, yeah, yeah. summary and whatever. I just go, yes, no. You should see my emails. I would go through hundreds of emails and just go, you know, thanks for the email. No, you can't do that. This is why. So it's you, link. not your staff. So during COVID, I, I was locked down, believe it yeah, not, like yeah, a lot yeah. of Victorians. Yeah. I sat at my computer from most days, from 7 a.m. I'd get up, yeah. uh, and I'd sit at my computer on and off until yeah. about 11 o'clock at night. Oh, wow. Um, and I had a, f a thing in my office. I've got some intricacies in my office where yeah. I respond to specific emails on COVID. I yes. did that very strongly. Yes. If it wasn't COVID, you know, staff would assist where they sure. needed. 
Um, I have a fundamental belief if I'm sending a letter out to the community that has a commitment, yep. I personally sign it. Okay. So you sign 100,000 pa pages? I signed 26,000 of Oh my goodness. Because I believe that I should. Like if I'm, if I'm, you can get good printing it, nowadays. That I get you looks... get good printing, but you know what? There's nothing better you... than two people in one house get the same letter and it's got a different signature. Oh, no, we all smudge it to see. Oh my yeah. goodness, he signed it. <laughs> so I do, I do have a belief in that. And if I ever became a letter, I'm not signing 6.5 million. But <laughs> I think it is really important though that you do keep some of those links. Sure. And I think that's worked for me. I I took a seat from Labor in yeah. 2010, yeah. and I'm still here. Uh, so I think it's a positive. You on a good margin. No. Are you close? 0. 0.9. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I was 9% before last election. All right. So uh, let's talk about what you're going to do in the future then. Are you going to, you're going to contest the next election, obviously. You're going to hang around. Yeah. So we've got a redistribution coming. Yeah. Um, our party and the Labor Party have both recommended the seat of Jembrook yeah. no longer exists. So there'll be a seat of Berwick and Pakenham going by those. Um, I'm a Berwick person, born and bred. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably run in, I'll, I'll put my hand off a pre-selection in the seat of Berwick. Likely you'll get that because you're already in, right? I'd like to think I can... I'll... Is that how it works, I assume? Yeah, uh, you can always be challenged. As... Yeah, but say I came and challenged you. I'm unknown. You'd, you'd win I would the like selection. I would like to think I'd win, but I'd never get ahead of myself. Okay. Um, I'd like to think I'd win. I'd put in the best effort for it. Yeah. Uh, and then hopefully get to 2022 and, and go through the At the moment, I'm on the back bench, so it gives me an opportunity that I haven't had for a long time. I am at, To what? To I, speak freely? No, to go out to my electorate. Oh, okay, because you're busy when you got a shadow. Yeah, I, last portfolio. weekend, this weekend just been, I had bookings in for shadow minister portfolio-related meetings. So, a yeah, bit yeah, of travel yeah, yeah. in Victoria. Uh, I, of course, they were cancelled. Yeah. Uh, I ended up doing 13 events locally. Do you get more... Stuff I miss. Do you get more pay for being a, a shadow minister? There is a, yeah, there's a pay difference. So, is um, it tiny or is it a lot? Uh, it's all online now, but it's about 20 grand a year. Yeah. Okay, so it's worth doing. Yeah, it might be a fraction more. It's a fraction more, a fraction less, to be honest. Like, off the top of my head. Okay, all right. So my it's wife a promotion. Will, my wife will probably tell you more of that next week when I get paid again. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. All right, so what's what's on the cards for you after that? Are you going to stay in for a while? Keep, are you happy being a backbencher? I don't know. You, it, it, done... Look, if I had to stay as a backbencher, I would because I, I genuinely love everything about my electorate. What about I business and what about um, your pre-political life? Would you stay here forever? Uh, I, w I, won't, I won't say I'll stay forever. I'll say I'll stay for as long as two things. Number one, that I believe I can offer something. And if I can't do that anymore, then I'd go. And number two, the community you want to keep me. Obviously, that's very important yes. because I get the votes. <laughs> um, but, but I think it's really important as much as I want to offer or as much as I can offer. Because if I get to a stage that I genuinely feel I can't offer anymore, I won't stay. And I, and I do believe that. There are some policies that do just sit there. And I, you know how we spoke before about people who have got only politics in their background oh yes yes and i think it'd be a challenge for them and, that, and this is no way offensive to them no it would be hard that is just yeah. what it is whereas 55 or 60 yeah i've said to to joe joe's my wife i've yeah. said to joe if i got to let's just assume 2026 yeah right? and i go you know what i can't offer anymore yeah uh, i'm going to be a backbencher forever yeah. and i it's just what it is yeah and i'm going to move on i would love to go out and buy a local coffee shop where i can smile every day and be happy yeah. and Twitter's a thing of the past. Um, so, so that's what you would do. You go business, small business. Yeah, I'd go back into small business. Okay. Or if, go back to police force if I was still young enough, but if I could, but I'd probably go back into a small business okay. and get back involved in footy again. And, you know, um, I was offered the coaching role at the under 17s at Beaky last week, and okay. I can't do it because it's just yeah. parliament and it gets in the way. And I'd love to go back and do that again. I was a terrible coach, but I'd do it again. Okay. 
Uh, I was going to wrap up the interview with my uh, ask a famous question at the end, but I do want to ask about one more Dan Andrews question, if it's okay. Yeah. A bit of insider politics. What is he like behind the scenes? Because he's such a good performer publicly. We all wonder if any of you have had an experience behind the scenes where he drops the mask. Or is he like that all the time? He's super, super controlled, super, super managed. I don't have enough to do with him in all reality outside of the chamber. Yeah. Um, I believe he's, he, he is a very clever politician. His life is politics. So he, he lives and breathes everything to make sure that he doesn't get rid of his persona or his perception. I hear that he's, you know, rumours, he's angry at something in the background sure, or he but yells you haven't something. seen it. I haven't personally seen it. And as I said, I totally respect the position of Premier. And if I don't respect the position of Premier, that's another reason I'd leave Parliament. Because I think the position, not the person, the yeah. position is very important. So that means when I've got a group of school kids in and the Premier walks past, I will give the respect to the Premier sure. to say to the kids, hey, that's the Premier, sure. that's the man, that, or woman, at the moment, man, who represents you. Yeah. And they go and get a photo. Now, obviously, sure. we don't join in that photo together. I think once that we have. Be good. Oh, we have that. before. Um, it, 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 I'd prefer not to. Yeah. But, but that school has come into the Victorian Parliament yeah. as a respected organisation and the person who heads that effectively in their eyes walks past. Then my view is you respect the Premier. Fine. Just can't two, two photos, mate. Yeah, right? I can't sit there and go, hey, look at this drongo walking past. No, no, you wouldn't say that. No. But at the same time, when I, when I was in the police force, I worked with sergeants and senior sergeants who I would question every day of the week. Sure, sure. But when we're out at a job, yeah. I respected their title. So taking that out of it, I, I, think he's, I think he's extremely arrogant. I think his arrogance will get him before anything else. So he, he'll be his own undoing, potentially? Yeah, I think he's... Because you can't... If, if it's truly managed and, and a facade, there, there has to be. He's so plastic. Like, he's too perfect. Perfect. He, he has to go shopping at Woolworths with the rest of us. Surely we're going to see a bit of reality. It's going to break the, break the spell of, hey, he's a normal guy. Because I sit down with you, I sit down with Reardon or whoever... Uh, and you guys are very normal and you come across very genuine on camera, but you'll never see Dan Andrews sitting down doing, even if I was bloody Kerry O'Brien or someone, he doesn't do, he doesn't open himself up to this kind of vulnerability. Yeah, and it, there's, there's a few in politics that wouldn't, and I, I, I get that, there's different people. But where it'll come down for him, I say arrogance, that'll get him, I think it will. The other thing, because he's not perfect... We all know he's not perfect. Well, we don't. Go yeah, and look at not. the United Firefighters Union debates we've had recently with the fire services. Yeah. Let me assure you, there is so much political interference right. that one day eventually someone has to go, oh, my God, we've got to get this out. Right. And it'd be interesting. <laughs> and that's the challenge, to have those two collide. Okay. Because I could give you the best story in the world about something with the corruption in some area, and unless someone's interested in it... Mm. Doesn't matter. Do you have stories it, of corruption? I'll tell you now. There's definitely been involved of, we'll say, high level allegations of corruption through within United Firefighters Union Fire Services. Um, you know, and and not not me saying it, others saying it. And I think you need to investigate some of the things that are in happen in the fire services. Are they going to come out and whistleblow? Well, they're waiting for the investigative journalist. Everyone's to scared to. They need an investigative journalist to come in. They need an investigation. They need IBAC to go and look at them before we have anything else. Okay. And I just think that doesn't happen. And I, 
the political interference through our public sector is, is just amazing how many people get appointed. Like Ken Block, I, I, all respect, he might have been a great chief over in um, Canada before he came over here. We had that rumour before he came over that he was coming and the government denied it and they appointed Dan Stevens, which they'll probably tell you it was a bad mistake. I tell you, Dan Stevens was one of the best things that happened to our fire service. Mm -hmm. Came in and two things he didn't care about. He didn't care if the union threatened him. Wow. And he didn't care if a government wanted to try and override him. Here's what I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver the best outcomes for the community mm. and I'm going to do it by making my members safer. Mm. Where is he? I don't know. Where is he? I don't. The government all of a sudden got to a stage. They turned around and said, well... The union can't. The union can't control him. Oh, sure, we'll move sure. him on. So they said, when we go to FRV, he has to reapply for his position. He was. He didn't move from England here for a twelve-month contract. He moved here for a five-year contract that had MFB chief slash CEO mm -hmm. going into the commissioner's role. But then they used that change as a reason to get rid of him. And who do they appoint? They appoint a bloke that's been mates with the head of the UFU. Who I I. I here you go, here's your breaking news. I found this on the web. I found that on the web. Uh, I, the breaking news for you in the future, well, he won't be there that long. There's nothing surer. Uh, what's his name? Ken Block. How long has he been in? Came over here to start the FRV, February last year. And how long's his term? I'm assuming it'd be a five-year contract. Okay, and you think it'll go before the end of the term? Before the end of July. Wow. You're going to have an interview with... Um, are you going on the... What's the name? Voice for Victoria? Voices, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, M, Emily? She's a lot sharper than me on these matters. Uh, she should break that news. I'm, I'm having trouble keeping up with you on this on the corruption stuff. Let me go back to uh, my final question, much yeah. more simple. <laughs> uh, I'm a simple guy. The magic wand question. Mm -hmm. Does anyone ever ask you what you would do with a magic wand? Because I ask every guest, and every guest has a different answer because it tells me what they think of people, how people think, what would be a fix, what the problems are. So let me ask you, if I could give you a magic wand, what would you do to fix the world with your magic wand? To fix the world? Yeah. Wow. If you want, you can narrow it to, down into Australia. Yeah. Um, look, I, I suppose I'm going to answer it in a partly political way and saying I don't think a magic wand could fix anything but I would actually say that if I could fix anything anything in my strength and power I'd fix our youth justice system and I think that would make a massive difference on impacting crime in Victoria and the only positives are going to come out of that and how I, would you fix it you not, not, not the stuff you told me earlier magic wand style magic wand style yeah. you would actually turn around and have wraparound services on young people so instead of us identify, we have to identify high-risk kids. We have to yeah. work with them one-on-one. -on -one. We have to uh, invest in the pre-crime stage of their life. It's not hard to identify them. So kids who have come from um, you know, drug-related families, yeah. family violence, alcohol, um, you know, lack of education, your postcode has a difference yeah. on how you can react. Now, not every kid from a certain postcode is going to be bad, sure. but it increases your risk. So get the risk profiles. My magic wand was, would be to make sure we have that system to identify high-risk kids. Brad, it seems to me like your wish is eminently achievable and doesn't require a magic wand, which is amazing. You're the first guest to give it 
I think you could do it. I think you could get into government yeah. and you could do this without a magic wand. Yeah. I don't think a ma and I, I'd love to have a magic wand to turn around and go, I'm going to give you everlasting peace. Yeah. Um, but it's just not reality, and I don't live in non-reality. Um, you know, if I had a magic wand, I'd make everybody go to the left-hand lane and then, while driving on the Monash when they're not sitting at the speed limit. They're the, like that's. I just don't think. They're the things I can't achieve. See, this is beautiful because your answer tells me that you're such a practical guy. You can't even go into magic wand territory in your brain. You're still being very practical and real. And that's what I think people are loving about you and the way you lead your electorate. Lead your electorate, if that's what you do. Serve your electorate. Uh, and that's why I'm disappointed you didn't get up in the leadership. But I'm glad that you've shaken it a bit and you've woken everybody up and you're getting your, your voice out there. And thank you for coming on, uh, little old us. No dramas at all. It's a pleasure to be here. And as I said, my end of the day, I'll go back to my philosophy when I came in. I'm here to serve. And uh, as long as the people of my good community want me to keep serving them, I'll hopefully remain.